audience member, it's time for another episode of Empty the Cubes. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's talk about Nicodemian ethics. Yeah, and also, uh, how Buckwild Arizona is. It's another episode of The Good Place. Meow meow meow. I wouldn't recommend that you start with this episode. I guess if you do, I mean, you you can do whatever you want. Uh, if you do, there are some dings and they mean right and wrong. And I bet that you can intuit which one is which. Um, especially if you've seen all of The Good Place and you know, then then you'll then you'll know. Okay, here here it is. <laughs> So we have just watched episode three of The Good Place, and I feel like uh, I feel like there is a chance that we'll want to jump the gun here and talk about those last like I don't know ten seconds. No, um, no, we can hold ourselves. Yes, we can restrain ourselves. I'm ready to talk about Nicomachean ethics. I'm prepped. Perfect. I took humanity. Yeah, I, the last ten seconds are fun, but like we got a whole episode to do here, man. Good. Okay. Uh, man, maybe uh, my my assessment was wrong. Then let's jump into um, the very beginning. And I actually want to start with the title of this one. This episode is called Tahani Al-Jamil. It is our first big Tahani episode. Wow. Wow. So the way that this episode opens up is with Chidi... Uh, talking to Eleanor about talking, I guess, at Eleanor about philosophy, and she is not paying attention. It is where we get one of one of, if not the most iconic joke of the Good Place, yes. which is um, who died and left Aristotle in charge, and Chidi just incredulously looks at her, points to the blackboard, and says, "Plato." Plato. Yeah. <laughs> Having preceded this immediately beforehand with informing her that Aristotle was Plato's student. Yeah. <laughs> um, not gonna lie, when Eleanor was like, why are we listening to these fuckos? I was like, mood. Like, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, she's wrong there. <laughs> yeah, but she's she's saying that for the wrong reasons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, on two different levels, uh, both yeah. from a person standpoint and from a writer standpoint, because you can just tell the follow up is he'll say something that she agrees with and go, well, we're supposed to listen to that. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which that is same how joke like, happened last episode. last episode. Right. Um. Yeah, I. So here is the thing I've been grappling with, um, with this show, and with this podcast, kind of, and we've talked about this in our Discord server a little bit, and I think it's worth bringing up because I especially felt this tension in this scene. Yeah. Um. It's become clearer and clearer that a lot of people who worked on this show, including Kristen Bell, uh, are people that I would not consider good people. Kristen Bell uh, was recently cast as a biracial character, like uh, half, you know, half black, um, and she was fine with that casting and uh, they, they recast, but... It took the biggest civil rights upheaval in our lifetime uh-huh. for that, and... That's not fine or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I only laughed because I was like, if you end it with good, man. <laughs> um. No, it's just like 
yeah. if anything, it makes it worse because like right. that's yeah. all you got. That's all you got. That's like all with you your got. little the fact that it was purple even, people book, like Yeah, the fact that it was even considered. And the fact that like this was seen as like a big step to uh, to uncast her is uh tremendously embarrassing and was it before or after the big mouth I, I, like it was after big mouth happened right i honestly don't remember i know the news came after i'm not sure if like apple and her came to that decision because netflix had somebody back down mm. but <laughs> yeah time is nothing i mean the problem here is it's not the uh, the, the issue here is not why the decision was well the issue is in why the decision was made yeah. by the caster but also predominantly in the fact that it happened right. in the first place right um yes exactly and that's exactly. just a thing in the industry yeah this is just a thing in the industry of like casting white and light-skinned people in um roles that are not made for them um yep. roles that are not for them Mm-hmm. Um and not thinking about it at all. Like I can't even say thinking critically because I'm not sure that they have ever thought a critical thought in their life. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. we just went through what two years ago. The problem with Apu came out. Yeah, yeah. Funny how everybody uh kind of just forgot about that. Um, I, I think mean, that it's fucking wild that The Simpsons is just now being like, oh, we won't have white people play non-white people. Like. Uh, didn't didn't we have a huge documentary talking about this two years ago, literally about this specific show? And yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we anyway. like the three of us like had like this sort of let us say this moment of crisis um, uh-huh. where we were like, maybe we shouldn't do this part of the show anymore. Like maybe we shouldn't talk about the good place Um and we talked about it with the rest of the with the rest of the the team as well. Um, mm-hmm. And some very good points were were brought up that I'm I'm going to um, mention. Um, obviously, yeah, guys, please. feel free to jump in when I forget something because I inevitably will. Um, <clears throat> which is that like, um, it it is very valuable to discuss art and media. And there's never going to be a faultless work of art. This is a direct quote from Caroline, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who is the the host for the Avatar, the other host for the Avatar sequence on our podcast. Um, and we need, and I agree with Caroline 100%. There is, there's not going to be a faultless work of art. And we need to be able to talk about media and critique it in order to improve ourselves and improve the way that we go forward. And so now that... Um, we have that really centered in what it is that we're doing in this podcast. I think that when we go forward in this track specifically, also, we're going to be thinking about the only thing that comes to my phrase is those things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to be thinking about, you know, this is the good place and the good place was written to, it was clearly written to indicate very specific subjects that I think are very important to the, the current crises, plural, that we are currently Absolutely. living through, right? What it, does it mean to be a good person? Does it mean to wear a mask when you go out in public? Right? Right. Um, right. Like, it's like, it's multiple things, right? All of these things mm-hmm. all, all combined. And so we love The Good Place. I mean, we've only, like, two of us have only watched three episodes, but I, I love it already. Um, <laughs> I won't speak for I'm Gavin. so glad to hear that. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think that yeah. it's really important to like take this and look at it and dissect it and enjoy it, but also enjoy it critically, which is something that we all three of us do in our work as critics in podcasting. Yeah, um, I think what what was different to me upon watching this episode today was the level of discomfort I felt with this show trying to talk ethics at me. Yeah. And, but I will say, I don't think, I think that that's my fault. I think that I should have had more of a, I, I should have had more discomfort with that the first time I watched. Absolutely. Especially given we've already seen things like the, like the fat phobia in episode one. Um, but I think that, you know, like, like Ellie is talking about, like looking at these things critically, um, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for, for that discomfort. And I think that it's important to feel it and like to consistently remind myself of it, because I think that the show, (laughs) given what the show is, it really lulls you into this idea that it is a show by good people about being good people. And I think that that is mm-hmm. uh, insidious while also while also giving really important, beautiful, moving ruminations on what it means to be a good person. Like, I think that those things are simultaneously true. Yep. Um, so there is a chance that, you know, when we're talking about these, especially moments of philosophy, I know that I'm going to have more discomfort. Um, but I think it's important. Gavin, did you have something to say about that, too? I was just going to say, we've basically turned this both into analyzing the good place and sort of it's almost a tutorial on how to spot and notice uh, Tina Fey style liberalisms yeah. in mm-hmm. media where it's a white person patting themselves on the back but they're they're basically that character from get out who's like i would have voted for obama third yeah (laughs) yeah that's what that's what the good place is doing when it has cheaty jokes like about him well again i think like simultaneously saying some really good really important shit that we all fucking need to hear Mm -hmm. it's i think there's also here uh there's a gap here, perhaps, in the words that they say and write in the show and the things that they practice. Yes, it's very do yes. as I say, not as I do. And uh, I think also that that means that there is a flaw in in what it is they are writing if they do not put it into practice in their own lives. Yes. Um, they have analyzed things incorrectly or they have understood something in a flawed manner, which leads to flawed practice. Um, mm-hmm. so when we are doing this episode, I think that we need to warn not just ourselves, but also everyone listening that we're going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Like at some points in the show, I can already, t- it's already happened and we're going to keep doing it and doing uh-huh. it better. I hope we're just going to be like, this is not great. And here's why. And it might make you uncomfortable. And I hope that you understand that that's a good thing because it means that you're noticing something. It's such a good thing. It's so good. I know that I'm coming at this from, like, very much uh, exactly who I am. <laughs> Such a will thing to say, like, y'all. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I know. Like, like discomfort is uh, my absolute fucking favorite. And usually that's just because uh, I'm built this way. But 
<laughs> I think that especially in this context, like, I get so stoked for this discomfort because that means that you're learning. And I love that. Like, I, I think it's the it's like the soul equivalent to working out. You know, like, mm-hmm. no fucking pain, no gain, man. <laughs> S-O-U-L yeah. equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that makes it really interesting, then. Like, if we if we want to transition into talking about this episode and bringing it back into what we're saying, right? This episode opens with Chidi talking about Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, which is yes. a, a, a boiled-down version of it, obviously, because it's yeah, intro, to feel, intro to Ethics 101 for TV. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. you know, that good action that it's, being a good person is voluntary and it's determined by good actions that you do. Yes. Right. And so in this sense, right, what does it mean to to be a good person? How do you become a good person? Well, it has to do with just the actions that you take in relationship, not just with yourself, but with the world around you. Right. Ellie, if it's not too, like, personal for this goofy <laughs> chat cast. Um, <laughs> Listen, where I love you... goofy chat casts that get personal. Okay, fuck yeah. I mean, it's They're us. the good ones. Yeah, they are the good ones. Where, because um, I know that you've that you've studied ethics and philosophy very, very deeply. Is there, like, a specific school of this that you feel most aligned with? Um, not really. Um, okay. I think that there are flaws in, in a lot of the schools that I've studied. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I end up kind of teetering, like, in, like, a... I'm taking this, but I'm also adding this other part to it and sort of mashing them together. Um, yep. I As modify a lot of stuff from, um, um, from like mid-century ethics with like black feminist ethics. Um, and so, Good. <laughs> that yeah. seems like that seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that most of the things that in, in my school of thought are not are only like if they're based in this. Um, in like classical ethics, uh, it's only because someone later used it as a basis and, and, and evolved from there. But I don't, I am not purely mm-hmm. like a classical ethicist or anything like that. Right. How do you feel about um, this line of, of philosophy specifically about um, actions being more, you know, what dictates good personhood? Um, I think that that's part of the story, but not all of it course this is my answer to everything i'm, I'm yeah. such a fucking bisexual everybody um <laughs> <laughs> holy shit this is okay i was gonna say this but then i realized that like actually almost every podcast i work on is the most bisexual podcast mm-hmm. i work on but Wonder like why this track's real queer yeah, this track's... <laughs> yeah but like you know because it's it is action right and so i i subscribe to the school of thought of that impact matters more than intent Right. Even though you had the intent mm-hmm. of being a good person, if the impact is not good, then you need to fix something. Right. And so that means that there is something missing here in this idea of good actions mean that you're a good person because you have to first determine what's what's a good action. Right. And so that isn't discussed right, as deeply in this worms. episode. That's yeah. like another whole like can of worms. Right. I mean, Aristotle wrote yeah. like Nicomachean Ethics is 10 volumes. Right. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> and that, that in a way also runs antithetical to the worldview you kind of have to have if you're going to be one of the guys in the room writing a sitcom. Like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that's sort of where the divide happens in the feel of the good place, because you have all this ethical stuff that's obviously coming from somebody who 
knows what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and genuinely believes in it. But then you get the jokey jokes of, well, I got no flavor because it's what I deserve and kicking a dog into the sun. (laughs) Sorry. Right. Which are genuinely funny, but you will have these sort of like isolated jokes that could happen in any episode. That we of any of the three, the dog could have happened at any time. True, but it's, I think the context is the context is also really important there. Well, y- yeah, but Michael doing something funny is sort of the root of it, and then they construct the plot around that. It just seems like the there are some jokes that are funny, but could come from a sort of that guy that got hired and then fired immediately from SNL where his worldview is, well, if you get pissed off by it, it's your fault that you get offended. Not maybe I'm the problem (laughs) with this joke. Not Mm -hmm. that there have been thousands of those or anything, right? uh, right. but I can totally see that being, you know, it is a running trend in TV comedy, especially ones trying to reach the lowest common denominator. For sure. I will say, like, at least from my perspective, that is not the feel that I get from The Good Place at all, Um, which is one of the reasons why it's a sitcom that I enjoyed. Because, like Ellie, uh, I fucking hate sitcoms. Um, (laughs) Like, I fucking hate them. The second something feels too sitcom-y, I, like, can't handle it. Um, But with The Good Place... Like, for me, it actually feels very much like a situation is crafted and then a joke is dropped in. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew that something had to happen and they had to get from point A to point B. And they decided Michael kick- kicking the dog into the sun <laughs> is, like, the most fucking bonkers and hilarious way to get that across. Versus starting with Michael kick dog into sun and then going backwards. I, um, I guess I, I I totally agree. I think I phrased that badly because I agree with what you're saying because like Janet, like the Janet thing yes. in this episode, that hook of something's up with Janet because Michael's trying to make her his assistant. Right. And then they just fit three jokes into it. Yes. Uh, and those jokes were complete. The, the flirting could have come before what's the beef. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's hop into summary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay. uh, so yes, go for it. Okay. So quick summary, right? Um, mm-hmm. we've got Eleanor, of course, learning how to be a good person. And then Tahani comes to visit and gives a housewarming gift. And this starts Eleanor off on her. Tahani is only pretending to be a good person. And there's just like enormous plot that Tahani has behind being just like condescendingly good. Um, and so she goes over to Tahani's house to kind of, like, show her up and steals her diary, um, in order to prove that Tahani is evil, right? Um, (laughs) meanwhile, Michael is, uh, trying to get Chidi to learn a new hobby, uh, uh, because he's been working on a ethics manuscript for 18 years before he came to The Good Place, um, and he needs to try new things. Um, that goes about as well as you think. Um, he really needs to try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Eleanor, uh, tells Chidi about, um, you know, everything that she thinks about Tahani, all of the bad things that she thinks about Tahani, the plant that Tahani gives her dies. It starts dying and wilting. And when she steals mm-hmm. the diary, the, it, it's really funny. We'll get there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
She steals the diary. Chidi tells her that's not the action of a good person. Um, and then she finally admits um, that good people... I wrote it down because it's such a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, good people make me insecure. And so when mm-hmm. I'm faced with a good person, I try to bring them down to my level. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, she finds Tahani crying in her house. Um, and she helps Tahani uh, feel better about her relationship with Janyu, which is going nowhere, according to Tahani. Um, also according to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the plant has grown the next day. It, it grows back from its dead state and has grown bigger than it was originally shown. Um, and Chidi acquires Michael as an advisor for his manuscript. That's yep. the bare bones. So let's start off with um, this Eleanor Tahani timeline, because that's kind of where, I guess not timeline, storyline, because that's kind of where the story starts off. So Tahani brings um, this lovely housewarming gift to uh, to Eleanor as just like a, hi, welcome, you can always, um, you know, you can always talk to me, I'm always here for you. Um, which Eleanor, <laughs> I, have, I have this writ- written down too. Uh, when Tahani leaves, Eleanor's analysis of <laughs> Eleanor's analysis of the gift is: here's some dirt I put in a bowl because oh. I'm amazing. <laughs> which is so uh, good. So good. I'm not gonna lie. If I have a housewarming and someone brings me a goddamn plant that I have to keep alive, I will murder them. <laughs> With no research as to like where like would be a good place in this house, does is there anywhere that she could even keep the damn plant? As someone in an apartment that can't keep any plant that's not low light, I am a little bit like. Well, I mean, it could be a person. <laughs> it is the good place, so I don't think it's gonna die. But at the same time, it did, though. <laughs> you know that's fucking true. <laughs> And it made sad dog noises when it died. It sad dog yeah, you fucking got me there, Gavin. You yeah. fucking got me. That's literally the plot of this episode. <laughs> that was the whole plot of the episode. But I was gonna say, like, the plant is like this two-tiered, right. like mini topiary that's all like like London Garden or like French Rococo in Eleanor's awful clown nightmare house yeah like, they could really not clash more <laughs> it looks like it's either really expensive and real or 80 dollars at your local michaels yeah yeah honestly yes uh yeah so how i think let's just sit with the like the tahani story for a while like mm-hmm. yeah because let's I think do that two plot lines separately because we can make them join at the middle at the end join at the end yeah so, going into this episode, I know that you two didn't really have, like, too many feelings about Tahani. How do you feel about her after this episode? Unfortunately, the answer to this question revolves also around the final reveal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Let's, hmm, let me take it, we... let me take it before the final reveal, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. During this episode, uh, my opinion of Tahani evolved from, I'm not too sure how I feel about this person, to continuing the line of, like, this is just, like, a normal human being. Like, this is mm-hmm. just this is just a person that I would meet in real life, maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's, I have met this person. <laughs> right. Right. I have met the person who is sickeningly sweet, who is 
very attuned to themselves and and who who talks a lot about themselves and their accomplishments and it's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. um but who are trying very hard to be kind mm-hmm. in a way that they have no this is still influenced by the end <laughs> I tried really hard and then no it's okay I'm just gonna say it um, <laughs> yeah go for it <laughs> so I'm sorry the end of this episode is me being right um is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eleanor gets another note telling her to meet her in the town hall at night, at midnight, and it's Jianyu, and Jianyu talks to her, um, and he's mm-hmm. the one that's been writing her the threatening notes, the one that says that you don't belong here from the previous episode that opened this one, and then the one that tells her to, to, to come at night, and we find out that Jianyu also doesn't belong here, and you need to help me out, homie, which was yeah. <laughs> the most hilarious line. <laughs> And I have to tell you that as soon as he started talking, I was like, I'm going to be fucking right, aren't I? And then I was right. Because I don't know oh, if yeah. people remember, but in the first episode, my prediction was that everybody was going to be, like, lying and nobody belongs here. I will say, God, when we were recording the first episode of Empty the Cues, um, where we watched the, f- the first episode of The Good Place, and y'all were talking about how, like, you really did not like the, like, silent monk trope. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it took all of my ability to not just, like, bust up laughing and being like, don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it's also hard to pretend I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's that one, the, the, the thing of him in the suit. Right, right. With a caption, so you're like, oh, uh, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. Speaking of, there's two really good Is memes this, in this Was this episode. the other thing that, that Gavin like, knew? They came on strong. No, it's oh, not. Dang. I no. just didn't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But to what you were talking about, Ellie, like, you were totally right. Yes, you're right. Because after the ending, of course, I went, oh, I'm right. Everybody here, like, doesn't belong here. But now the question that I have is, and, like, the slight update to my theory is that everybody knows that they don't belong here. Uh, And that they are all pretending to be good, pretending, right, in these, like, quotes, to be good people based on what they think good people should act like. What did the gay couple do then? <laughs> They're really overperforming it. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's but based on what they think good. That's why that's why we have like the Buddhist monk with the vow of silence for multiple reasons, obviously, right? But it can it passes, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we have all these people that when in the in Tahani's party scene, they talk about the things that they did and uh, they demonstrate these actions that sort of respond accordingly with with what it is that they did. And it sounds like people acting like good people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my theory. And so that's my theory also for Tahani, that she is... Yes. ...being a good person according to what she thinks a good person to be. Yeah, yeah. Can I offer a little character comparison? Oh. Um... Tahani has a grocery list of things that she did in life that feel like Paris in Gilmore Girls, 
where I've never seen Gilmore Girls. I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> Paris is a character much like Tahani, who's uh, has focused her entire life on her extracurricular extra so that she will get into Harvard. And she's constantly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say heaven. <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, okay. Might as well be. In the context of super white Connecticut, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> Paris's whole life is built around being a rich white girl. That is just trying to get into Harvard and she's focused her whole life around being a good person, but like with good grades and does good things. And Sounds she's also fun at parties. She parent. <laughs> no, she's like the antagonist of the show. Oh, Paris I was being entirely sarcastic. I don't want to I don't want to be around this person. <laughs> no, like she's it's meant to be that she eventually realizes like, oh, life's worth living. I need to stop being that. Uh, <laughs> Tahani. I think that I think the like. Uh, Eleanor's Icelandic primitive is that the yep. I'm trying to the, the, her tiny house with the clowns that makes her face all these things she doesn't like is representative of that Tahani's giant fucking mansion with 37 tennis courts with regu- regulation grass and all that mm-hmm. is real big and empty yeah what could that mean wow true and she's throwing parties to have people over so that she's not alone and her her soulmate is quiet yep oh valid Hmm. good good analysis i like that i Mm -hmm. would like ellie can i add something really goofy and meme to your theory because (laughs) it makes my favorite joke funnier now the only person in the good place who is meant to be there and is genuinely a good person is the person who owns the dog that got kicked into the sun <laughs> the one good person. The one. <laughs> what do you mean he doesn't love me? Oh, oh, yes, he does. He loves you. Of course, he loves you. Would you like him to love you more? I could just kick him right back out there and get you another one. No. <laughs> I know that's not for this episode, like, but it's still, still sticking with still. me. Speaking of, um, I just want to take a second to say, like, the the Janet. Running gags funny, and I know we'll get to when we talk about B plot. Mm-hmm. But while while we're because it, it happens in like the same part of the street, so my brain's stuck on it. Mm-hmm. She's saying a bunch of corny jokes, and then the button to that is it looks like her programming fails, so she just goes, "Where's the beef?" Super seriously. Yeah, so serious. <laughs> she then, means it so earnestly. And then She's just terrified says, about where the day. beef is. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the beef? Hump day. Yeah. <laughs> that that was my one legit hearty laugh of the episode. I fucking die when the plant got set on fire. Don't lie. Oh yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing I want to touch on with with a plot before yeah. we move on to B plot is uh, Eleanor is bisexual, and this is never made canon. And I want I'm just going to be straight Wait. up about that. They never say the word bisexual. It is okay. very fucking obvious that she is bisexual. Yeah. It is never confirmed in canon, and that infuriates me because it's right there. And because Mike Sure has uh, all kinds of gay in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. But apparently so, we on. couldn't get it in the good place. Wait. All right. She's canonically saying horny things about Tahani. Constantly. I made it. I made a joke about it in my notes, like because I didn't think it was. I thought it was a one-time joke. So I made it. I wrote down. Oh wow, that was sure was loud when the one bit of horny whooshed past. Right. And then there's just a bunch of horny content in this episode, which yeah. 
whatever NBC. Like I'm sure they were just like, oh, hey Mike, <laughs> yeah, tone it down. But it, she's it, yeah. being bisexual. She's just being bisexual. Yeah. Um, There's no way around that. You can't adventure time your way out of that. It's to the point where in interviews, Mike Schur and Kristen Bell have been like, yeah, I think you can totally interpret Eleanor as bisexual, <laughs> which is nothing. That's nothing. nothing. That's nothing. That's, no- that's fan fiction. Oh, yeah. Which is not nothing, yes. but that's interpret- nothing for canon. You can- <laughs> Yeah. You can interpret that boat that Frodo floats off in at the end of <laughs> Lord of the Rings as being going to heaven. You <laughs> I, thought, could interpret I thought you that. were gonna say bisexual. <laughs> you could <laughs> The only <laughs> The only bigger bisexual in old school slash fiction than Frodo and Sam is Kirk and Spock. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, so I nothing. just I just want to make it clear that like yeah. don't ever expect I that did. this the B will. Word. Yeah, I, I, I did, did because I'm an idiot fool, um, and because again, Mike sure has plenty of gay in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but apparently NBC was like, <laughs> we're not as edgy as Fox, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would also like to note actually when the when 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 we see the first instance of first instance I think of her saying something. About her being curvy? About uh, No, it's about her having cappuccino skin. Yes, yeah, I noted that too. Whew. Fucking bomb. Um, whew. I'm actually, like, <laughs> I... So if you, if people listening to this aren't aware, um, describing people, especially people of color's skin by um, food <laughs> is yeah. exoticism. It's, mm-hmm. it's founded in racism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's founded in white supremacy because th- those are things that you trade, right? It's it's stuff mm-hmm. from like like the slave trade and things that came from there, um, which is why we don't do that. <laughs> um, and yeah. I was really upset that she described her this way and Chidi said nothing. Yeah, yes. It felt like a setup, didn't it? It, it felt I- like they were trying to make a point, right? That she's not a good person, that she does these things. Of course, further exacerbated by the flashbacks. And they did nothing with it. They just let it sit there. I don't think that the text thought there was anything wrong with her saying it. Yeah. They thought they were being cute. Like one of them, one of them had coffee while writing and they're like, well, what? what, what, Oh, I I I genuinely think that it was a writer exoticizing a character. Like, Hmm. I think it didn't even cross their mind that this would be that that far removed. You mean like. Ugh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I that's fair. I would love to give them more credit, but the fact not. that <laughs> yeah, not. we don't. You know, you yeah. know who needs? You know who doesn't need the credit? Writers of a critically acclaimed you know, successful true. sitcom. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that Chidi didn't even blink an eye is is evidence that like they. I don't think that they thought there was anything wrong with it, which is uh, gross. To yeah, because Chidi is that he is the mouthpiece for that mm-hmm. for the writers yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's own unfortunately thing. that's yeah. its own problem uh uh-huh. that's the the single voice monolith problem um yep talk about sure that later in the, the series fun I'm police sure. character is um, oh yeah oh yeah but yeah i just wanted to make sure that we got to that and yeah the curvy thing she's not yeah thank you she's, a, she's not she's very thin i do I didn't want. I, I'm. I'm glad you said it, but she. Okay. Come on. She do have. She do have titty. 
she possessed titty and that but joke also, later's fine yeah that, I, that joke was really funny I, i'm blessed with large <laughs> bosom body, or whatever my body is not built for couture because i have an ample bosom is why I have an ample bosom. she didn't model for long it's a good line why <laughs> not, not. yeah she's not curvy no. There's other words. Uh-huh. There's other uh-huh. words. Svelte. Svelte is a good word. Svelte is good and, and, and applies. Yeah. Fuck me. I just realized if this show came out like five years later, the word thick would have been used. Oh, oh yeah. Christ. Absolutely. Uh, and, they and that's its own problem. There would have been a... As well. Yep. And then Eleanor would have had to explain what thick with two C's means. Uh-huh. <sighs> uh-huh. I'm glad it didn't come out then. Yeah. Did they all die? Have they all died at the same time? Yes. Okay, yes. that's not like a thing to think about. Yeah, no, um, no, they all died at the same time. It's it's just like a kind of thing of convenience more than anything. Gotcha. Um, I also, not to pivot uh, too quickly off of that, and if I am, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also do want to talk about that scene where Eleanor gets uh, pretty real with Chidi and the flashbacks leading up to it. Um, yeah, let's do flashbacks. Let's start with the first yeah. one, which is the cringe counter for this episode. Oh, yep. Oh. There we go. <laughs> cringe, cringe counter one was the first flashback. Um, I, I do you want to say? So in that first flashback, they're talking about boycotting a coffee shop because <laughs> they only hire hot people. So first off, I want to say that I don't know if y'all are aware of this. That is based in a thing that actually happened in Arizona. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was thinking it was based off of uh, Hollister and all those yeah. other fast fashion Abercrombie places. And Fitch, but no, it's a coffee shop in Arizona. Yeah, wow. so there is a coffee shop in Arizona called Wicked AZ, which is actually where Dutch Bros comes from. They were um, they were uh, business partners that splintered off. And uh, it's so it's like the same kind of deal. And they only hire hot people and they only hire hot uh, young college women. Um and have them dress very scantily, including because uh, Wicked is based, of course, in Flagstaff. Uh, so including during Flagstaff winters, they had, like, certain appearance criteria they had to upkeep. Great. Another thing <laughs> about ah! this scene... Yeah. <laughs> Another thing about this scene is that when Eleanor said that someone found a scorpion in their coffee, um, I did not, I did not process until this watch through that that was supposed to be a hyperbolic joke, um, because it just read to me as like a thing that could absolutely happen. A uh, hashtag yeah. Ar- just Arizona things. Yeah, like I like like that's if somebody told me like oh yeah I found a scorpion in my coffee there I would I would just be like oh gross. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's it. I don't. I, I was about to make a joke about uh, uh, a parent telling their kid to always use a UV light to check their coffee because scorpions emit UV. Yeah. Um, I almost did it in a Minnesotan accent, what? and I don't know why that felt right. But <laughs> Just regional things. No, like uh, having a UV light is a pretty pretty common for most people who like own a house here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know somebody who is immune to scorpion. Uh, venom, venom, venom. Poison. Yeah, venom, yes. venom. Snake venom. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So scorpion stingy no bother her. Um, because of stingy many times, so it's fine. 
Wait, oh. I was about to joke about they've been stung that many times. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's very they've sincerely. Been, they've been slowly building up an immunity to iocane powder. I mean, literally. <laughs> Hi, I'm immune to lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, so all the Arizona humor um, sometimes is so accurate that it is not humor to me. It is just an experience. It's just living in Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) So in this flashback, I'm going to say something mean-spirited, and I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it's fine. But she had a boyfriend (laughs) for that long. (laughs) Yeah. What's going on there? Uh, How long was that really? I'm, I'm sure there's, I, 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 this is not me actually asking, but like right. my first reaction was we're, we're that she's like staying over for extended periods kind of situation. Like she got that far, man, terrible people attract terrible people. So I'm not even surprised. Like, yeah, he does. He does feel like a Doug Fosty kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he does bring up like, Hey, we should boycott this place. Not because of the scorpion, and the, the scorpion. But because, because, yeah, there's... The literal... Sexual assault. assault. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With weird captions popping up on the screen. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, when when he reaches past the, like, POV spy camera of the journalist who's being interviewed uh, and, like, starts groping her, a little box pops up on the top right of the screen and, and it says he is grabbing my breasts exclamation mark as if it's like how uh uh the really the only example i can think of is how you'll see like most like sort of daytime uh coffee stuff in japan has like tons of shit on the screen like there's lots of text everywhere there's just a lot of text and shit happening in this supposedly like undercover camera video <laughs> of this piece of shit groping somebody. Oh, I took it as um like that the person who was essentially being assaulted knew that this was going to happen, um recorded it and then put it like up on Snapchat or some such with oh, the text. I thought it was pitched as like a reporter from a local TV station did it. Oh, all he says I don't, is I don't like, know. I, I, think I might have said, heard that wrong. All he says is a local reporter, so Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So All it right. could be a freelance person anyway, or it could it just... be a TV station person. But I think, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the stuff that gets added is like stuff that got added because of the platform that it's on. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fucked up that this is the thing that like, this is the first parody of this sort of thing I've seen in a long while where I'm like, well, that's too far. <laughs> like, we are at least that one step away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but how she is a complete monster to uh, her boyfriend. I I want to highlight something that she says at this point, actually, since it it relates directly to stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, people. Um, you're not better than me just because you're angrier that a guy grabbed a boob once. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not sure that's a direct quote. I have like a little question marks. Uh, it's it's close enough. It's close enough. Right. That is the spirit. It's the spirit of what it is that she says. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Wow. All right. I was terrified <laughs> that this whole flashback sequence was going to try to make a point in a bad way. 
because it gets to her being like, well, I guess we could just watch whatever sports team and, you know, we could eat Chick-fil-A uh, like. Oh, yeah. This, is, so this, this is the second flashback. That's the second flashback. Yeah. 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 Second one. I Never will mind. say like, I. Uh, yeah, I, I think that we could analyze that moment as. As Eleanor being frustrated that a man is being didactic about her, like at her about yeah. how to respond to a sexual assault. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that that is not, that is not it. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's not what is happening. <laughs> that's not and, what yeah, the show's doing. It, it could be that, but the fact that in the second flashback, what Gavin yep. says happens, right. Indicates that it's not yep. that it's that she views all of these things that people have tagged as being like good actions, right. To be good people like the boycotting and the not doing the stuff and not buying from certain places. It's too much and it's too difficult. So she's not going to do it because otherwise she won't enjoy mm-hmm. life. Yeah, yeah, let's Which get is, to that second flashback. Right, so in this flashback, she comes home and she has the the Coyotes game tickets. And her boyfriend's really excited. And she's like, oh, well, two of them have DUIs, so I guess we can't go. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess we'll just stay home and watch, like, a film by Roman Polanski and That's listen it. to some R. Kelly and eat Chick-fil-A. Um, mm-hmm. And then she basically breaks hey, up with him three in that those. episode. Um, saying that she, she kept talking she, because she had like a full punch card from Andy's Coffee House, which is a a, a, a bikini babe, and <laughs> some of the punch outs are the nipples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so her boyfriend is just flabbergasted, right? That she just doesn't want to like try, right? Shouldn't we just yeah. try to be good people, to like be kind to other people? And then that's when she goes off and talks about like. It's it's too much. We won't do you won't do anything if you do that. So why bother, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, which is of it course fucked with me that this name. No, go ahead, Gavin. Sorry, I was just. Gonna, it, it fucks with me that that nameless boyfriend character said one of the most like heartening things I've seen on broadcast television in a long time. Of just why can't we just try? <laughs> yeah, broadcast yeah. television. The bar is low. <laughs> yeah. Ellie, what were you going to say about that? Well, I was just going to, you know, bringing it, you know, because we're thinking very clearly about this right now. It's this whole concept of like, why can't we just try to be a good person and listen to people when they say things like, hey, that's racist. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, that's yeah. that's grounded in racism. Don't do that. And they take it as a personal offense instead of trying to be a good person for other people. It, uh, the end result of all of this is that she breaks up with him. And I think it's very clearly that she breaks up with him because she knows he is going to break up with her. I mean, I think she yep. even says that. She like, says that. I yeah, know that she's going to break the, up with me. I checked your dad's e- or your emails to your dad. Right. Which is, um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there is where we get this conversation with Chi, where she says that, she, that people who are good people make her feel really inferior and insecure, um, which we see then leads her to be self-destructive. Um, and I like this first... I like this first step into Eleanor being real and authentic and sharing a part of herself. I think largely because how fucking horrible she is, like, so outweighs the fact that, like, she feels insecure. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. glad that this, I'm glad that the show didn't do the thing where it was like, oh, but she, she is sad. So it okay. You know, like, I think the show is very aware that she's a fucking horrible person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I'm glad that it doesn't like try to put a bow on it, basically, right? Mm hmm. Um, and uh, that, you know, that she has someone, Chidi, telling her that you're not a good person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally to her face in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> While she just smiles because that's Eleanor. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that. I think that the fact that it happens like so early in the season um, mm -hmm. is it's a little bit I mean it's it's like a it's a it's a plot thing right it's the fact that it's a sitcom right. and so something has to happen in order for there to be conflict and so one of the things that has to happen is self-awareness um, right. and and not just self-awareness internally but externally so that someone else is aware that you're aware because mm -hmm. I know that's a convoluted sentence y'all but trust me I, I know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, no, I'm right the, there with you. Right, this sense of like being able to be vulnerable, being able to admit to other people yeah. that good people make me feel insecure because I know I'm not as good as them. Mm -hmm. Right, or I think that I'm not as good as them. In this case, I know, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we move on to B plot now that we've B -plot. talked about A plot for an hour? <laughs> Listen, B plot, B plot, B plot, Oops. B plot. B plot. So, Chidi has this manuscript. It is 3,600 pages long. It is all about ethics. Um, and Michael is trying very hard to get him to have other hobbies. So, the hobbies that they try are cartography, uh, journalism, and then like sculptural welding. Yep. Did one into the others. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, also, the valley that the good placeville is in, pretty nice looking. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of like really pretty landscape shots throughout the the series. Um, so like obviously, none of these things like in no world would these be good fits for no, Chidi. Absolutely yeah. not. Like not even close. No. We have access to a forest set, a shop, and an office. We could put a green screen in the window and put a newsprint behind them, maybe? These are the things you can shoot today. Okay. <laughs> I like uh, how when, when, he's about... offered, when he's offered cartography, he says, I got lost on an escalator. Yeah, oh my god, he says that he has uh, directional, directional insanity. insanity. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I am not, like, a fan of the word insanity. No, However, also, not. I have never felt something so deeply in my bones. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn a life lesson from this scene when uh, Michael hands Chidi the blank, like, parchment. And Chidi just goes, I can see how someone would find this fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about why Michael is really trying to get him to try some new hobbies? Oh, you mean the thing that's targeted at the three of us as writers? Uh-huh. <laughs> the thing that was a personal attack on all of us? <laughs> I'm, I feel attacked. I, did, I came here to have a good time, the good place. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. Yeah. So, Chidi talks about his manuscript and... <laughs> Edited Janet is like, it's garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because in this scene, we have gruff Janet. Yeah, gruff right? Janet. Now, now Janet's being, like, dismissive and brutal. Yep. Uh, 
and uh, um, that he tell he tells uh, Michael tells Chidi that you know that it's so convoluted and you kept rewriting it and 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 uh, redoing it and twisting yourself into a giant knot. And listen, I did not need to be red at this time. <laughs> Read like Chidi's manuscript. Oh fuck! Very little. No. <laughs> What's the Michael line? It's like I can read any book in an hour, and it took me two weeks to read this. Yeah. Also, the line I yeah. literally learned what I headaches discovered were. what headaches were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this also brings up like the fact that Chidi is so fucking awful at making decisions. Um, yep. I I also got a, <laughs> I got a kick out of the line that he never learned to name his dog. And when he went misses, missing, it was answers to long silences. <laughs> oh, fuck. That was really funny. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. The B-plot yeah, was fucking gold. I don't have anything to say about I'm this B-plot. Well, yeah, I have, it was just I have really good. <laughs> one thing to say about this B plot, um, yes, which is you know, there's usually like some kind of reflection between the A plot and the B plot, right? Um, yes. And yeah. here it wasn't a ton, but I thought something very interesting was the fact that every time that we went back to the B plot, Janet had this new um, personality quirk, let's say, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because Michael was trying to mold her into his view of of a human assistant, oh, right? Perfect human. Oh yeah. Right. Um, And so he was dumping things on her that he thought would work to make her more effective as an assistant for him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think, also a reflection on this idea of Nicomachean ethics in the sense of like, (laughs) you can't, you can't, it has to be voluntary. Voluntary is a big thing. Right. 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 So she's an AI. and so that's where it gets murky, right? And so I don't know if this was intentional. <laughs> uh, but I, I saw a lot of this uh, conversation that's happening, right, with AI and humanity and, and how uncanny can we get with AI? Um, how mm-hmm. close are they allowed to be human? Um, and what does it mean for Janet to identify as an AI and not human? Yeah. Right. To be an AI and not human. And from a structural standpoint, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, from a structural standpoint, it shows that anything Michael tries to alter or make doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that the show has a lot to say, not about just what it means to be a good human, but what it means to be a human. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think this ties into that really well um, in a way that gets more and more fascinating. I fucking love Janet, y'all. Uh, Janet is great. Janet is my favorite character so far. Uh, oh, yeah. She's so good. Like, very easily. And can I just say, watch it or I'll blow torch your face off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was it. There it was. It was the end of the episode. Uh, join us next week when I talk to Joshi about more community. I could be wrong, but I think... If memory serves, this might be the episode of Community where Joshi and I spoke for 15 minutes. And that's all, because that is all the episode merited. We'll see. Okay, uh, you can find us on emptythecues.wordpress.com. You can find us on socials at emptycuespod. And you can find 
us in the ice cream aisle of the grocery store because we're so dang sweet. Okay, bye. <laughs>